Hello fish keepers, it's Cam here from thefishroom.co.nz and welcome to today's episode of the Aquarium Frenzy podcast. In today's podcast we talk to Josh from the Aquamate YouTube channel. Josh is an aquarist from Australia who has a wealth of knowledge in little nanotanks. He has a fun, light-hearted approach to his aquarium keeping hobby and it was a real breath of fresh air to speak to him today. I really hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Have a good one, happy fish keeping, and catch you all later. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, yourself? Not too bad. That's still good. kind of dark over here. It's just, the sun's just waking up. The sun's just waking up. <laughs> what, what, eight o'clock round about there? Yeah, it's 8 a.m., but um, it's... <laughs> Where I live, it's, it gets in winter, it gets really foggy. So you get up this time of day and go, oh, it's horrible out there. And then you drive out of the valley and all of a sudden it's clear and still cold, but yeah. <laughs> um, so an apologies from John. Uh, he's unwell. Uh, he was going to join us. So everybody else who watches and has been around for a while knows who John is. So it's just me and you today, buddy. I take that as disrespectful and hurtful and <laughs> I'll let him know word for word. <laughs> uh, is the sound all right from my end? Yeah, man. We're all tickety-boo. Yeah, cool. cool. Sometimes I uh, so an actual mic on. <laughs> as I said before, I'm so unprepared. Um, I have absolutely nothing. No scheduled questions for you whatsoever. Uh, so let's start with the basic. Uh, your age, sex, and location, please, sir. <laughs> I am 36. Yeah, about that's about to change. I'm Ooh. a male. don't think that's about to change. <laughs> and I live in Victoria, Australia. All right. So let's not hold that against you, I suppose. So you're obviously um, a fish keeper and you've been uh, cranking on YouTube for a little while now doing your fishy stuff. Yeah. Uh, what got you into the aquatic aquatic hobby and, and keeping fish? Uh, when I was about eight years old, my dad kept telling me about how he had big tanks with Oscars and all this stuff. And at that stage, when he said tanks, all I could think of was water tanks. Yep. I was like, why would you keep fish in like a massive tank and you can't even see them? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, you mean that sort of tank? I want one of those. Um, and eventually he gave in and went well actually i talk about it all the time i should get one for josh so we got a little tank maybe a 20 30 liter tank and just got some white clouds but i remember like every step of the way just mm -hmm. being excited about finding where to put it um filling it up going down to there was actually a fish farm down here which, which is insane like, i'm really it's sad that they don't they aren't open anymore but it was just this guy's house and you go to yeah. his house and then you'd park off to the right and walk down and he had all these aviaries with birds and stuff and then you just walk into this massive shed and it was just racks and racks and racks of fish that he was breeding and he wow. had concrete ponds for goldfish so it was all of this guy's house which was really cool so we bought white clouds um i still remember the noise of the air pump <laughs> It's funny now, like I don't use a lot of air pumps, but when they're sitting there, as aggravating as they are, um, it kind of always reminds me of my first fish tank. But yeah, that was when I was eight years old. And then it's sort of been on and off ever since, like yeah. 
have them for a few years, pass the fish pass away. You as a kid, you lose a little bit of interest, and then you go, oh, what's this? A Nintendo sixty four. Sweet, I'll play with that for a couple of years, <laughs> and then you have <laughs> fish again. Um, but yeah, yeah, probably in the last five years, I've got right into it again. Yeah. So over that period of time, what have you kept? Obviously, you've done the minnows. Did you end up getting the Oscars in the long run? Have you, you know, sort of done a bit of everything in between? Or are you quite specific on, on what it is you've kept and being interested in? Um, no, I had the, what was next? I tried keeping discus mm-hmm. and failed miserably um, when I was probably 13 or 14 or something like that. Um, then what was next uh, then i just had like a community tank with just um i never had success with guppies yeah guppies, uh, no problem but yeah fancy guppies i know i now know why because i wasn't the water wasn't hard enough for them um but crebenzis so you dwarf cichlids uh sword tails all the garamis all the sort of standard community fish yeah. and then i had a, an african tank um with a lot of Lake Malawi cichlids and I put an Oscar in with them. Oh, all part of my learning journey mm. um, and took him out and take, took him back to the fish store within an, a couple of days. Cause I went, what am I doing? Yeah. You know what it was? I think it was the tank was going so well that I went, I need to add something to it. Cause it's just boring now. Like it's just yeah, everything's the same and being uneducated and everything. I just went, that one looks good. Um, so after that now i keep yeah all the endless i'm into salt water i've got a saltwater tank there with a bunch of clownfish mm-hmm. um got a huge goldfish and yeah lots of tetras and neon rainbows and all that sort of stuff so um i'm probably more of a nano fish guy now yeah yeah although we're just saying that rainbows and nano not really that, Depends on the, the rainbows, like the forktails, and I know the neon dwarfs get a little bit bigger, and probably not nano, but definitely on the smaller scale as far as rainbows go as well. So, yeah, nano is smaller, probably fair. Yeah, I'm loving. So then the neon rainbows. I'm trying to think of the actual technical name. What is it? Um, uh, Precox. Yeah, they're the yeah. smaller ones. Well, I mean, yeah. smaller than most of the other rainbows, but. Anyway, they've, they've got like seven of those in a four-foot tank all to themselves with mm-hmm. some autos going around. And they were breeding last summer, um, but they're very good at hunting their own babies. <laughs> so I haven't got any to come out of that. But, yeah, loving those guys and wouldn't mind getting more and um, dedicating a tank to them, I think. Awesome. Yeah, I think they're quite a, uh, quite a beautiful fish. Um, can be a bit of a tough sell. Most rainbows can be a bit of a tough tough sell from a, a fish store point of view because they obviously look a bit drab when they're in the shops. But a couple yeah. of months being at home, they just become some of the most stunning fish you can ever get your hands on, I think. I, yeah, I think you're right. And especially when you get a bunch of them and you have, like, the females have the yellow fin and they're a bit more dull, like a lot of fish in the, the fish world. Uh, and yeah. the males really sort of, they really pop then because now they're competing and trying to have that hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, work really well. I think the thing that probably gets a lot of people with the rainbows is the price, because why are they so expensive? They they don't look that special. They look cool, but as you said, they pop when they get home, and they get established. But yeah, we're 
when you look at like $20 of fish over here and it's, oh, do you want to buy a pair for 35 and that sort of thing? And you go, it's a pretty big commitment when really I would want 10. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to get yeah, to, to get your proper fix on. That's about what they roughly are here as well, uh, give or take. Um, yeah. So here in New Zealand, there's, there's massive limitations on what we can actually bring in and what fish we can keep. Is it like that for you over there, or is it kind of a bit more open? I know there's some fish that you can't have in. Like, I've looked, there's some plecos you can't just, there's no no way. Is there a lot of that kind of thing, or is it not too bad? I am not well versed in what we can and can't have. The, the basic ones are that in Victoria, you can't have um, koi, whereas you can have them everywhere else in the country. And okay. over in WA, they're not allowed to have shrimp, which yep. is... I don't know. It's obviously reason for all of these things. Um, but I can't think of anything. I mean, arowana, you can't have arowana. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It's illegal okay. over here. Um, wow. Uh, we get so a lot of people have Saratogas, mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if they're the same family, but they look very, very similar. And Jardinis. But yeah, you yep. can't have arowana in Australia. They're illegal. Very interesting. Pretty sure it's all of Australia, definitely Melbourne, but I'm pretty sure it's all of Australia because I think there was a guy who um, got caught trying to bring a, um, a like a red Asian marijuana in on the plane. He got caught yeah. with the fish on wow. the plane and he had like, yeah, some like water sack that he had it around his neck. <laughs> it's insane. Wow. I hey, suppose <laughs> you're... Um your waters would be warm enough to probably house that sort of thing and they're they're aggressive and they're predatorial and so you could probably see how they get into the wrong places could could take over or become part of the food chain or vice versa really easily yes yeah. i think maybe with um with i don't know how many years ago it was but um we had well i'm trying to remember cane beetles up in the northern part of australia it was cane beetles can't remember the name of the beetle. There's beetles eating all the sugar canes. Okay. Yep. So then they went, hey, I've got an idea. Let's get these cane toads. They'll eat the beetle. So they get the cane toads. And now there is like a billion, I think it, literally a billion um, cane toads now in Australia. And they're like, oh, we've got this problem with cane toads. And they're, trying, they're coming further and for, further south, apparently. So they're acclimat wow. acclimating to, uh, to the colder weather as well, I think. And... Wow. The problem with the cane toad is they can kill a dog because they emit like a poison when they get scared on their back. Yeah. And if a dog goes up to, you know, what's this and have a bite and have a lick or whatever, um, yeah, it can actually kill a dog. So it's funny, you go up to Queensland, some parts of Queensland, it's just dead <laughs> toads on the road every day. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, so I think maybe that's one thing that, like, yeah, they, they do freak out about because it's become a really apparent thing that, hey, whoa, Australia is a weird country because they only came here like a couple hundred years ago and there wasn't, there's no real natural predators. Like, there's obviously deadly snakes and yeah. sharks and that sort of thing. But on the mainland, like, a dingo is a predator. But if you think about all of the Australian animals, like kangaroos, emus, possums, koalas, they're not out there hunting each other. So when you put something else in the environment, all of a sudden 
hey, if this thing, this thing could really take it. Like cats are a massive issue over here, killing all the wildlife. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Australia gets pretty strict with it. So it makes sense with the arowana. The koi, yeah. I don't really under. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. They don't want an irresponsible person getting a koi, putting it in native waterways, and it out competing mm. with the other fish. Mm. But it's kind of sad because I kind of always dreamed of having a koi pond one day. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, we don't get koi or shrimp over here. Okay. So, so neither, and I, it's probably the same reasons. Uh, our native native animals are, are pretty average. There's no major predators or anything like that that's not been introduced. So it's probably for the same reasons getting into waterways. And up, up in the North Island, some koi's got some waterway and it absolutely destroyed it. So again, it's probably for the same same reasoning. But yeah, with you guys being a lot warmer than what we are, I can, I can understand arowana and some of the bigger, more predaceous fish doing that. Yeah. I'm also, also surprised that you guys don't have more predators. Like you think of Australia animals and you think you're all pointy or stabby or, or poisonous <laughs> or a rippier party. So yeah, that's interesting. I would have thought all cunning. snakes or spiders all... would have taken down the cane toads. The spiders? Yeah, or something. Yeah, well, that's it. I think, um, I don't know. I suppose with spiders, they're not actively hunting bigger things. Bigger <laughs> things, if they get on them, they're like, hey, I'm going to bite you because you're kind of pissing me off right now. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so, so that's the same with you. So you can't have koi, you can't have shrimp. Um, yeah, but you can have arowana. We can, yep. That's cool. Yeah. How much is uh, an arowana if I wanted to walk into your uh, shop? Silver arowanas between 120 and 150-ish, give or take. Um, really, I would have thought it'd be yeah. very expensive. Yeah, uh, flax uh, around three hundred or so from last time, and then you're getting into your Asians when you're looking at four figures. Um, okay, but you're getting, getting what you pay for. Yep. So, yeah. I think uh, Joey, the king of DIY, has a lot to answer for with everyone going. Oh, hang on, what are these? <laughs> I want to get one. Yeah. I think it's funny because it's like he started he started fish keeping trends. Like, oh, I want a flower horn. I want an arowana. Um, and that's probably, it's probably an interesting one because it actually helped me learn a little bit more about going, oh, hang on, you can't get them over here. Why not? What's the Australian alternatives and, and that sort of thing. I'd love, um, I'd love a a Saratoga at some stage, but I was talking to someone about this the other day, um, like with Oscars and, and your bigger fish like that. You got to have the mentality that you're buying a dog or a cat. Yeah, totally. Like, it's not, on with it. Yeah, it's not just like I've got this big tank. What am I going to put in it? Let's. Oh, this looks cool. It's like, yeah, this thing's going to live for a long time, and it's going to grow. You are you ready? Mm. Commitment. Um, so it's the sort of thing where I think I will probably move house in the next sort of five years, and the fish room will be a massive. Like there wasn't even an idea to have a fish room when we moved into this house. Yeah, but there'll be a dedicated area next time, and I'll probably do one big tank. Um, and I was actually thinking this yesterday: would I do if I had a really big tank? Would I just do a massive aquascape and lots of tiny fish, which is probably my preferred method? But I do like the idea of having a buddy, almost like having not necessarily a mascot for the channel sort of thing, but having like yeah. one big fish with a name and yeah, uh, know, it. Yeah, 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 and, and there's a lot to be said for for that that sort of fish and uh, companion sort of scenario as opposed to just a tank full of neons, for example, where they're yes. all got a 
all got a personality, but it's quite a lot harder to distinguish between each each personality. Whereas you got yourself a big Oscar, for example, it's it's it is what it is, and it becomes a part of the of the family and a, and a companion for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, you, you know, one that I found very interesting is like people love those large fish. You walk up to the tank, or you walk in the room, and they go, "Oh, hang on, he's in here." Like it's maybe food time. I'm going to yeah. put on a show. Clownfish do the same thing, which I found really, really interesting. Like when I first got clownfish, they just, <laughs> it's like, as soon as I go over to the food and start feeding another tank, they're all like, oh, it's on. Like they just <laughs> go, hey, we're going to get fed now, um, yeah. which I found really cool. So they're kind of like my little mini Oscars at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Very mini Oscars. <laughs> Hey, um, what's what's the local fish store sort of scene like over over where you are? Uh, you know, is there plenty around, or are they like a, a dying dying art, or big chains taking over? How's that kind of situated for you guys? Um, no, there's a few. The big chains don't really go to. The problem is the big chains don't. Um, realistically, they're probably not doing a bad job, but um, it's very uninspiring when you go into a, a big chain place and think about fish they've got maybe 12 16 tanks or something like that all the same size so all your sort of community fish that we we're talking about yeah. earlier yeah. that that sort of stuff's readily available but if you go into um any of your other fish stores obviously a specialist store they're you kind of feel like you they've got everything you can start a journey with a fish tank you can start from scratch and you can and as you improve in the hobby um they've got everything so i don't really bother with the the big chains although they're around but yeah i think since last time you and i caught up and had a chat i lost my local fish store i feel like there's another one that's shut down too that i just just escaping me at the moment so yeah there's a couple that have shut down i think what's happening is for better or worse, I think the really good ones are staying in a strong spot yeah. and the other ones that are sort of, you know, really trying to make a go of it but um, can't invest in getting everything in that people want are the ones that are sort of struggling at the moment. And the cost of living over here, like I actually get scared for some of them and just think, how can you stay open? Like you've got to sell these neon fish for $20 each, but how many yeah. people to buy them? Yeah. Um, and then like petrol is $2.25 a litre. Like and I see a lot of American, what is it over there? Um, it's in the $3. I think I, I'm borrowing my brother's car, which is diesel, which I've put some fuel into yesterday. I think it's $2.80 for diesel or two seventy five or something like that, which blew my mind. Um, I think it's in, in the high threes from memory for normal, normal petrol at the moment. Sorry, well, the low threes. That's what I mean, like, and interest rates are going up and like just the cost of living, I just think I'm worried about a few of them. Um, but some, <coughs> there's like one that I can think of right now that's really um, doing a really good job and they're, they're expanding and they're getting into a bigger place and they just do fish, but they do have so much salt water, so much coral, so much aquascaping stuff, so many different fish as well. Like they kind of are, uh, you, you walk in there and everything's there. Um, right. Whereas then another store that I know that does pretty well is like they have 
they keep birds and they have all your other pet goods and all that sort of stuff. It's almost like a big chain store, but it isn't. It's a family owned business. It's been there for like 60, 60 years or something like that. Wow. Cool. So they aren't relying on fish keepers as well. People are coming mm. in to buy their specialist dog food and hay for their rabbits and all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. <laughs> at the same time. But yeah, I don't know. I find it kind of scary. Like I wouldn't open a fish store. No offense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, in my position over here, I would have to be like, no, nah, I need to have, you got to, yeah, you need to sort of have everything you can. And if you can't have everything, then you need to sort of specialize in something, but then you really need to network with the other stores as well and go, well, look, you're really good at aquascaping. I'm really good with big fish. Like if a customer comes in and says, I really want to do this, like, yep, go see Josh. He's got the, the big fish. Um, yeah. If they come into me and say, oh, I want to aquascape, go, go and see, you know, my mate Boaz has a store and he's really good at aquascaping. Go and see him. Because um, I think for a little while there, they were all like, they wouldn't do that. They'd just be like, mm -hmm. I'm not stepping into another aquarium. You're crazy. Yeah. I could lose business. Yeah. Yeah. But you can make sense from a business point of view as well. Um, I, I can see absolutely both both sides of it. We specialize in this, you specialize in that, make this work together. And uh, yeah, same thing. I've got it for you. There you go. So, yeah, exactly. Sense. Yeah. That's true too. Because like at the end of the day, you go, oh, well, I did send him there because he said he wanted cichlids and we don't keep them. But then you go, hey, how'd you go with that guy? Like, oh, great. I sold him a tank. I sold him a filter. Like, oh, I should have sold him all the stuff and then said, you can get the fish from there. <laughs> what's, um, what's the club scene like over there? Is there a few aquarium clubs or is it nothing there? Is, is there a bit of that going around? Yeah, there is. Um, I'm not in any of them. So there was, I have been to some of the auctions for, I can't remember the... Is it a cichlid society? I think it is. There's one not too far from me. Um, the reason I haven't is probably the same reason a lot of people don't is, and I'm being completely honest, almost like there's like an intimidation factor of going, I'm going into a room where everyone knows everything about, and like these people seem to be so, super smart, great wealth of knowledge, but um, I'm not... I don't know. I just sort of don't want to walk into that sort of thing and then be uh, like, look at the hobby in a different way almost. Mm -hmm. But I think I will eventually. Like, I think I would, I'm also the sort of person that gets right into something, gets really involved. And I just sit on the sideline and go, oh, that's kind of cool. And then rock up every month or whatever and not say anything. Yeah. Um, I also think that I might be like having a YouTube channel that's got, a few few subscribers now you know <laughs> the people are like oh i've seen you you know you can't do that you know you shouldn't do this you know you shouldn't do that i mean i get all that on youtube anyway but i don't i'll probably harsh on myself i think people are going to say things on videos all the time and then no one says mm -hmm. anything i go oh i'm just thinking of the one flaw that i've got in that video or something that is going to be exposed but anyway the they well i have been to the auctions they all seem really lovely i love the idea of the clubs um i think the auctions the exciting part um, my dad was a member and he sent me all the magazines and stuff that he got when he got them. And mm -hmm. I just found Planaria in a tank. So, <laughs> um, and there's another one called Angfa, which Australian New Guinea Fish Keeping Association, I think it is. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. They're a big one, and I'd love to join them as well because I think they actually do like an expedition every year. Wow, cool. And they go and they can actually take some fish out of the, the wild, and I think, A, it would be really fun, and B, it would be really good video opportunity to share something like that and go, oh, I haven't seen people catching fish in Australia. Like, I don't know what's out there. Uh, unfortunately, they've got a massive meeting in October exactly the same weekend that we've just announced the underwater pet expo in melbourne oh, and we, can't, we can't move it either so it's kind of like oh it looks like we've done that on purpose but yeah. uh, we haven't but that, i'm really excited about that and that also is something that i've spoken to a lot of stores about getting a booth at this um, expo to come along because it's in the city and i live out in the southeast so i'm 50 k's away from melbourne mm-hmm. um there was no represent from any of the stores oh there was one actually uh but a lot of the stores out my way and i just thought you guys need to like get involved in this because a the more people the better but b these people get inspired here and go i'm gonna do it i am gonna set that tank up and i live out near aquamate (laughs) but there's only one shop that i remember from the thing so i'm gonna drive all the way into wherever to get it um so yeah, and I, it's also just a really cool atmosphere. Last year was, oh, not last year, it was two years ago we did the inaugural Underwater Pet Expo. So it's sort of like an aquashella for, mm-hmm. for Australia. Um, it was just so much fun. I only went for one day, whereas this year I probably go for both days. Um, and this year I'm involved in organising it. So the sort of... I'm trying to think of a few things that we can do a little bit better and a little bit different and make it even more fun, probably a little bit more kid friendly, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, just like face painting and that sort of thing. So there's a little bit of activities going on, not just, oh, look how cool these fish tanks are. And mm-hmm. they had aquascaping competitions for the kids. Um, they could go in and I think um, you could put a few things together and you could take it home with you. So like you'd pay the kids to go aquascape for 20 minutes or whatever make something and then they get to take that home and start a fish tank which is really cool yeah and then they have a massive aquascape competition that we have international judges judging that one that will go i think they have eight hours to tank like tank scape a 150 liter tank three foot tank it is um so there that one's going to be fun and i think um there might be a Blake might I'm not I don't know if I'm allowed to say it might be um uh, hosting it I suppose um, walking around with a microphone checking cool. everything out so yeah I think it's gonna be a lot of fun this year there's something to be said about a bunch of like-minded individuals getting together and and I believe a um, that sort of situation is, is quite relaxed and, and and calming the expo although it's hustle bustle but it's also relaxing and, and quite easygoing, if that makes sense at the same time. Everyone being around and just literally talking about fish and aquariums and stuff, it's quite a it's, it's quite a nice vibe and quite a nice feeling. At least the, the ones or twos that I've been to have felt that way. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing. You can have a chat with... It's, it's almost like you can walk up and look at a stall and other people looking at the stall and you don't mind turning to the person next to you that you've never met and go, how cool is that? Like sort of bond over rather than, yeah, like almost like I was saying with, I feel a little bit like with clubs and stuff where you go, oh, a bit intimidated. Should I be 
having an opinion here, whereas that's not really the case, I suppose, at an expo. It's just everyone's putting stuff out there for you to enjoy. Um, obviously, there's, people want to sell stuff <laughs> while they're there. That's the point. Yeah, of course. Brand awareness yeah. and selling. Um, yeah. But I... I've been talking to another group and I'm like, well, yeah, if you're going to do something, you've got to make it fun. I'm like, don't just go, here's us, come and buy stuff. Buy like, stuff, yeah. What are your strengths? Like, they're connected to a YouTube channel, so, like, let's get a TV set up and let's have that YouTube going and people go, I know that. So then hmm. that drags them in. And then have, like, a questionnaire box, answer questions, and then at the end of the day, make people hang out around the area at a certain time of the day and draw out some winners and get free stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of those things are a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I also um, I understand your vibe of your feeling with the clubs, with the, the feeling of intimidation. I've, I've been to a few different clubs, and, and sometimes you do get that, that feeling of, oh, and other times it's completely welcoming. Like anything, it depends on... The, the people that are there and how they all gel together and and yeah the general attitude of people in, in and around your who you're with in, in the room at the time as well so um i think every club is completely different um some are, are welcoming and others are a bit more staunch it just depends on on the people and individual personalities and things like that as well yeah definitely i think i'm probably being a little bit unfair because i haven't given it a proper go but it's like my fear i suppose but like for example um my dad was in a yacht club remote control yacht <laughs> <laughs> um and they're all like 60 plus pretty much and that's what i noticed at the fish club as well and he got his me and him we're related so very similar <laughs> um he got involved heavily and stuff and yeah every now and then he's just like oh i didn't sign up for all the politics and all the crap like i don't want any of that like mm. Some of the fish stores and stuff have said, oh, you know, they say things about other people in the industry and like, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. There's some, you know, there's some shady characters and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, well, I'm trying to stay out of that too. YouTube yeah. even has that sort of like everyone here's probably heard of the fish fam and part of the fish fam and like YouTubers that are in the fish fam and that sort of thing. Um, I probably can I, I can only think of like a handful of occasions but you know there's some of the crap that happens with that you kind of go that's not what i signed up for i just wanted to make videos and talk with like-minded people but there's always a few rotten eggs yeah. i think that's applicable to any situation where a bunch of like-minded people come together regardless, regardless of the reason they're in the same room together there, there is always always that just human nature basically yeah so i suppose that's the thing is I haven't done it because I don't, I, for fear of, you know, that sort of situation arising. Also, I'm 36. My son plays football on Sundays, plays basketball on Saturdays, yeah. training Mondays, training Tuesdays. You kind of go, when am I life. actually going to go? <laughs> life. Yeah, that's life. Life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure anyone with kids knows the exact feeling that you're feeling as well. And it is literally gets put down to one word and it's just life. Yeah. You know? You get pulled in every every way you've got to go. It just is what it is. Yes. Even if you're ridiculously organised, you're still being pulled in ten different directions. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, obviously, you, you do YouTube. You've been on YouTube for what, three or four years now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Three, 
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so what was your original thought pattern to, to do that? Well, um, well, all good. Yep, we're good now. Yeah. The screen just flicked away to something else. I didn't know what was quite going on there. <laughs> um, just quickly, Brian, yes, pseudomoguls are amazing. And they're, uh, I have kept some of them and I just didn't quite get it right. And I'm going to try and do a pseudomogul tank in the future and make sure that I'm really looking after them and getting the, the, them correct. But that they are amazing up in Queensland as well as the rainbows. But I just, sorry, I just read that comment before. Um, YouTube, it was actually just going hand in hand with uh, wanting to get back in the hobby again. So uh, like a lot of people in a lot of hobbies, you want to get a little bit more information. So you jump on YouTube and go fish tanks. <laughs> what sort of like I want to get, um, what was it? I'm trying to remember what fish I was trying to get to begin with. I think it was discus. Yeah, it was, mm -hmm. it was me trying to set up with discus. So I was looking at discus videos and then I found like the king of DIY, Rachel O'Leary, Solid Gold Aquatics, um, Aquarium Co-op, all those channels and stuff. And I found that I was watching a video every day of someone at least and sort of immersing myself in in that world of this is really cool. I love what they're doing. And then I was like, oh, I'd love to do something like that. Like what... What's probably a couple of people have said to me, what does your channel like stand for? And I'm like, well, I want to help people like learn how to overcome their fears in the hobby and, you know, help beginners and that sort of thing. But I don't really, but I'm more sort of fo like following a journey of what I'm doing, almost like vlogging. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, I try and have a bit of a balance of that. So I want to try and give a few educational videos. And then like last night it was just, Hey, I'm going to give you an update on these things I was talking about. Cause I mean, they're all relevant in that I set up a Nintendo tank. So I've got to show you how it's going. I set up a Dutch scape. I've got to show you how that's going. So, um, I just, it all kind of went hand in hand and then I enjoyed doing the videos as much as I was enjoying the fish. So it's kind of, I never, I mean, Years and years and years ago, I did media at school and I thought this would be really cool. I like being creative and it gives you that outlet. Um, and then I just didn't do anything. I just went yeah. exactly life. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have to have a job. You have to pay bills. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, getting my phone out and filming and then learning how to edit and then going, oh, I'm loving this, and then buying a decent camera um, and stuff. It's just been really therapeutic. And I also like that no matter what happens in the week, if you film a video and edit it and put it out there, you've you've captured something, you've wrapped it in a bow, and then you've just put it out to the world and gone, yeah, I did, I achieved something this week. There's something that I know at the end of the week I've done and it's out there. Yep, pickle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you finding the video? Talk a lot. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. I told you I could talk a lot. We weren't going to. Do you find the, the video? video processing or the video process is becoming a bit of a hobby to you or has it become a, a chore? Are you still enjoying that? What are you enjoying more, the fish keeping or the videoing? Like they go hand in hand together? Yeah. Um, I enjoy the fish more. Um, the camera, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying everything with the, the video creating, except like it is the most frustrating thing when you're 
you envisage something and you're trying to put it together. It's just not working the way you want. Um, it's probably the trickiest and annoy most annoying thing is like I got an ONF light a couple of days ago mm-hmm. or a week ago. Uh, and I was all excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to set up a, a Wabi Kusa. I'm going to use this light. Like, this is it. Like, if I can't do well with this light, um, it's just purely down to just me not maintaining it properly or whatever because the amount of tanks I've seen with that light, the amount of Wabi Kusas I've seen with that light, um, that just looks stunning. So i am hit the nail on the head. I've got the right stuff. But I was so excited to open it, but I couldn't open it because I didn't have it in me to make a video while I was doing it. <laughs> so right. yep. like, I was like, don't waste the opportunity if you don't have the camera on you. So that kind of gets a bit frustrating every now and then. Um, like I filled up a tank over here and I couldn't, I, the camera was um, flat. So I was like, oh, I've got to charge that before I even start that. Because you regret it later on and go, Oh, like making good videos. Sometimes you like, I spent 40 minutes filling that tank up, scaping and tank and filling it up. And I had the camera rolling the whole time. That'll be a 12 second clip in a video. Mm. So like yeah. all that, it's, it's so worth it because it takes you on that journey of going, Oh, look, I can see what he's done here. I stuffed that bit up, but I would have done this. I would have done it. Oh, but it actually looks cool at the end or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it also is that visual thing of rather than just standing next to a tank and just talking about it and giving the giving the viewer um, some stimulation on what's happening. So if you don't grab the camera at those opportunities, your videos become stale and then I'm less excited about editing it and I'm less excited about showing you. So it does they go hand in hand in a really good way to document things, but they also um, it's almost like they have to go hand in hand the way I do things. Otherwise it's just, <laughs> I mean, if I get anything new for the fish tank, you've got to, I need to film it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well that's it. And so yes, I love doing it, but that is a, like a kind of weird hamstring every now mm. and then. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can, I can understand exactly where you're coming from and how you're coming from that point. Um, to an extent, I get new products in the shop and I've got to make sure it's all ready before I go, hey, wow, got these kind of thing as opposed to just chuck them on and, and walk away. So I, I, I kind of understand yes. where that comes from as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we go any further, uh, Brian, I'd just like to apologize to you and everybody else who's talking in the comments. It's normally John that takes over bringing up the questions and that kind of stuff. And obviously John's not here and uh, it just keeps passing me by. So um, if you are asking questions in the comments and I haven't done anything with it, I'm sorry. Um, Josh obviously took care of your question before. Um, so, yeah, that's a bad can. So, slap on the hand for me. We'll try better <laughs> next time. Sorry. So, how many how many tanks you got running at the moment? Seven, I think. Yeah. Just in your in your fish room, or you got some scattered around the house as well, or have you got the you're not allowed out of the garage? Or... <laughs> I've got I think I've got nine at the moment. Um, the one I've got a big four foot one in the lounge room that doesn't get a lot of coverage. Um, I did a big scape and it has not worked the way I wanted it to work. And I'm, effectively, I bought a crappy light. Um, yep. And I think what I need to do, and the filter keeps stuffing up. It's all 
just going against me on that one. And I put in a lot of Java mosses and all that sort of stuff, and they've sort of taken over. I'm going to give it a big cut back and see if it's going to look good. If it's not, if I'm not happy with it, I'm ripping the whole thing apart. But that's the one with the rainbows in it, and they, um, they're really happy. So, like, from a fish-keeping perspective, killing it. From a aquascaping video <laughs> perspective, yep. not what I wanted. And because it's in the lounge room, um, it's – that was the whole idea was to make a really nice tank that we can enjoy that looks pretty not messy um it doesn't look bad but it just doesn't look what i wanted and also there's a lot of tannins and i cannot get rid of them um but otherwise everything else is in the garage yeah have you tried puritan for the tannins twice really and no dice no it's just, wow. i don't know what's going on wow. um that's why you can't see because we're on the thingy angle but that's why I've got wood soaking over here on that one because I don't want to repeat the same mistake. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've tried it twice. Um, Daniel Keeping Fish did a video on reusing Purigen by bleaching it and, and stuff, and oh, I just keep forgetting to get bleach, and I'll follow his video step for step because I've got two sachets of it. Mm -hmm. I'll, uh, I might try and double dose it. <laughs> um because I love the pieces of wood. So that's the other thing. Like, if I'm not happy with the scape and I do everything again, I still want to use that wood. Yeah, right. Yeah. On those tannins. Yeah. Have you got the, you know, ladder duty tank rule in your house as well? Because I've got that rule. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get, if I let things go, I get the, you said you were doing this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's the other one that's embarrassing, actually, is, um, a lot of like Harry's friends, parents and stuff, they like, oh, we we're watching your videos. It's really cool and stuff. And then they'll come over to pick up their, and they'll see the tank and go, oh, doesn't look <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> oh, no, no, come out to the garage. I'll show you this one. This one looks cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you got how many have you got inside? Oh, how many have I got inside? Well, one. Yep. And um, it doesn't have any fish in it either. <gasps> that was the angel tank? Uh, no, that went a long time ago. Uh, okay. Just as partner was pregnant, sort of due to give birth, she gave me the hardwood. And yes, I'm blaming it all on her. That one needed more room in the house and I had to get rid of it. So we did that. Yep. Uh, so I've got a dual Rio 240 in the corner. Uh, it was fully stocked up with fish up until about a month ago. And then I was like, I've had enough of this. I want to change it. So I pulled all the fish out and took all the plants out except for some of the ones that I wanted to keep. And that's about as far as I've gone so far. Okay. Uh, so, what are you going to yeah. put in it? That's the why I haven't gone any further because I don't know. <laughs> um, goldfish have gone through my mind several times. I've never done a goldfish tank. I thought I might. Because uh, I'm not allowed to have a dirty tank, there goes the blackwater option, which would be, be right up my alley if I could. Yep. Um, I've thought about going with a, just a proper full community tank a whole bunch of platies just looking for bright and colorful uh, but i actually thought i might do that in the shop because i spend more time in the shop than what i do at home um yep. so yeah i'm kind of no idea what i'm going to put in it yet thought about a frog terrarium i, I just don't know i wanted i want to try a frog one day yep. but again that's one of those like the big tank next fish room like yeah um but yeah i know i know exactly what you mean like I've got the Dutch scape over there and I've got an algae problem and some of the plants haven't come on. Some of them have gone nuts. And I'm like, 
this is what I wanted and that's not what I wanted on that side. So trying to level that out, balance it. I'm still going round and round like, what fish am I actually going to put in here? Yeah. I think another problem for me is like I obviously order fish every couple of weeks. So I see all these lists of fish that are coming through and it's all, well, I could put them in there. I could put, and it's just possibly too much choices at the same time as well. Yeah. Um, when you get down the rabbit hole of, of researching and paying attention to this and this will go with this and then you're still stuck with an empty tank again. Yeah. So, yeah. How many litres? Uh, it's only 240 or something like that. Okay. It's not, not ginormous. But big mm. enough to give you a lot of options, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty plenty of options there. It's about nailing the, the right selection of what I want to do uh, more than yeah. anything. So, yeah. No, definitely. I think um, my goal eventually will be to have probably like five three-foot tanks or something, all on one bench, all yep. completely neat, yep. <laughs> perfectly clean, every all the mess underneath, <laughs> um, and then just do different aquascapes and have black water, have a Dutch scape, have a natural scape, maybe... Um, I don't know, maybe one salt water or something. So be great for the the channel, obviously. But I think I'd really get a kick out of just trying to keep those five different tanks that all look mm. exactly the same, all the same equipment, maybe different lights, but you know, same filters or whatever. Um, that's the kind of goal that I want to do in the new fish room. So um, I want to actually spend a bit of money that when we go somewhere and we have a shed, we're like, cool, I'm plastering this up and putting in a split system. I'm building a bench, um, go all out on it. Um, mm -hmm. cause that's sort of like the dream, but the same thing, you kind of go, yeah, but what fish are you going to get? Um, I, I, I think a black water tank with, um, with Cardinals is something I really want to do. Yeah. And then do I want to add the discus and make it harder or maybe yep. I do because maybe that's me going, because I have kept discus since my first failure and I kept them for over a year, it's eventually died. So I did okay. I mean, they were breeding, well, not breeding, they were laying eggs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I've come a long way on that side of things. But I also said to myself when they passed away, I'm like, you've got to, it's almost again like the, the cat dog mentality of this is like a, a big commitment fish. Yeah. This, yeah, totally. this isn't, I've got ember tetras over here and the water's actually pissing me off because it's so cold over here. The water is evaporating really quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Like the tank's like that far down. So I've got to fill it up. So it's making lots of noise, but that's all I do to that tank is I just go and top it up. When <laughs> it's nice and easy. Like, easy. Week, chuck some water in it. Yeah. You probably won't be able to get away with that with discus. No. <laughs> exactly and that will be the thing like if you set it all up properly and you go all out see then that's the other thing a three foot tank with discus wouldn't work so there you go i'm already got a floor um but yeah you, you would have like a setup water change routine and i would try and plumb it all in so it's just like connect this turn this out it goes and in it comes yeah um no more carrying buckets because i'm only getting older it's gonna <laughs> gonna give away one day <laughs> Oh, mid thirties, too old to carry a bucket. <laughs> what is a climbing gourami? Uh, I believe she's talking about the spotted gouramis. Um, 
Not a croaking one? Quite often known as bushfish as well over here. Okay. Um, yeah. Not, when you think garami, they don't, you don't really think of them per se. Yeah. Okay. Sort of, yeah, that's the one. Semi, semi uh, predatorial, well, very predatorial. Um, get to a good size. Quite, quite a nice fish in the right situation, in the right setting. Ctenopoma. Yeah, oh, I get confused. <laughs> oh, wow. They're a native, are they? No, no, no. They're very cool. How big do they get? 12, 15 centimeters, something along those lines. Yeah, that one's big. Yeah, they're pretty. They, um, I, I nearly grabbed one for for the blackwater tank that I've set up in the shop, but I decided not to in the end. Just probably get a little bit too big for for the size that I had. So yeah, yeah, I haven't seen those around at all before. That was one thing with the Dutchscape. I was thinking of going um, lemon tetras and chocolate garamis. Yeah, nice fish. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. But that's they're the sort of two that I've like never kept lemon tetras. I'd love to. Um, I haven't kept garami for a long time, but I've always loved them. I'm mm -hmm. actually, actually, they're a victim of everyone on YouTube in chats going, Oh, no, nah, don't get garami. They're vicious and you know, they, oh, wow. they mess things up and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't remember mine being like that. And then is it just because I've forgotten or? <laughs> So, There's definitely some some aggressive garamis and stuff, but um, at least the ones that I deal with don't tend to be too bad. Yeah, um, yeah, we sell I sell quite a few of them. Again, they're they're pretty looking fish, lots of color. Uh, they're, they're in your face the whole time. They're they're quite nice. Um, yeah, chocolate garami is easily my favorite garami. Uh, yeah, massive fan of them. A little bit temperamental, um, but yeah, I, I like them. I like that natural brown sort of creamy stripes as opposed to the bright in your face coloring of them um, well that's the thing i think like in a, in a dutch scape as long as the parameters are okay i have to do some research but like the colors of the plants and everything so the patterns of the the chocolate garami is like what i find appealing and the behavior so to watch uh, i mean your lemon tetras are going to dart around everywhere but your chocolate garamis are going to sit towards the top they're going to have those patterns on them um and they're going to be in and out of the top of the plants so yeah yeah there's and i've never kept them <laughs> i like lemon tetras um i think they're nice and active it's hard to really get that really bright intense yellow on them um it's possible but it does take a little bit of work yeah um yeah which is which is a bit of a shame because you get that that popping yellow it'll work quite well but yeah, you know, they're, they're almost bulletproof. They're they're ridiculously hardy, which is nice. That's um, a that's a big bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a nice little fish. Um, I've done a bit of school of them and with some discus for a while. And they yeah, they worked. I think they had seventy odd. They worked really well in a four foot tank together. So um, yeah, nice yeah, that's cool. Um, Michelle said she's had one of those grabbies sixth birthday yeah. recently. So they live for a long time. <laughs> Again, they're, they're a commitment and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got about five minutes to go until I've got to open my shop. 
So we're going to have to, although I feel like we could probably talk for another five hours, uh, yeah. probably going to have to run it, run it in an end very, very soon. No, that's cool. I've got to go and pick up some stuff. I've got a okay. crazy day ahead and I think I've got to just nail everything this morning and then, because I'm not working today and we've got a long weekend coming up and we're going away tonight. Yep. So I just want to get everything done and then be like, <sighs> have a beer at two o'clock. To, uh, yeah, about that. Yeah. We're staying so, at a pub, so I don't have to walk. I don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> um, so normally, normally when I do an interview, I like to close it off with six really random questions. This hasn't really been an interview, but we're still going to do that anyway. It's yep. basically the only thing that I had organized was this year, which I did this morning. <laughs> so this is so, the best bit of the video. Thanks for hanging around for 52 minutes. Bit of what I've got. Yep. We got there. <laughs> All right, so we've got the quick school of six questions, so we're going to fire them in. Uh, heads or tails? <laughs> tails never fails. <laughs> uh, paper says a rock is the most noble way of, uh, of any, any argument. What do you call when you're playing paper says rocks? Uh, scissors, I suppose. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, you're doubting yourself. Uh, you got to look into the eyes of the other person and, and really <laughs> feel it. <laughs> I thought Rochambeau was the most noble way of settling an argument. Possibly the most painful way if you go second. <laughs> <coughs> do, you, uh, do you think we're the only ones in the universe? Nah, not a chance. Nah. Yep. Uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Good man. Good One of the man. few places it belongs because it doesn't belong in a lot of other things. I think. Tell you what. A ring of canned pineapple and some hot sauce works incredibly well together. The vinegar from the hot sauce and the spice, great combination, but that's just a little sidetrack. Yeah, that could be good, especially yeah. for someone that's giving up meat. Yeah. <laughs> and it is what it is. Um, I can't read my own writing. Oh, no. What have I got here? I've written something down, but I can't read it. So uh, my next question is, actually, I remember it now. Uh, when you were younger, what did you want to be? Uh, a park ranger. A park ranger? Is that so you could deal yeah. with animals? Yeah. And that yeah. was – it's kind of funny because I never did anything with it, obviously. Well, not obviously. I didn't. I'm in sales and corporate crappy places. Um, yeah. But it's almost like the fish and the channel is almost fulfilling that dream in a way that, like – caring for animals and learning more about the habitats and then helping educate people. So it's funny. It's almost, it went out of my head for 20 years and it's, it's definitely not the same thing, but it's sort of along the same sort of inspiration behind what I'm doing, I suppose. Yep. Yes. Um, before I ask, ask the last question, was there a, a quick question on the chat? Yeah. I just read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are in, Oh, where's it gone? Here we go. Um, if you're not in New Zealand, I would probably try and isolate it and go with Furan 2, if you can get hold of that, um, especially if it's the only angel that has the issue with the fin rock. Um, if you're not in New Zealand, um, tonic salt might be an option again if you can isolate the fish, uh, but Furan 2 is probably going to be your best option if you can get your hands on it to start with. That would be what I would, would go with over the Pimifix if you can get hold of it. Uh, yeah, I am a big believer in yeah trying the salts 
to kill off any of the bacteria or anything. But fin rot, I haven't had fin rot for a, a long time, so I can't really think of the best medicine. All right, cool. Uh, so lucky last question that I have for you. What's your unicorn fish? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> really lame. <laughs> I honestly, it's it's not actually that hard. What I would like is to create a really nice aquascape and have like a hundred rummy nose tetras. So they're a common fish, but a hundred of them's not common. <laughs> Um, and I think, I don't know, just imagine like a six foot tank with six, you could have more than a hundred, I reckon, maybe 150 in a six foot tank planted aquarium, just moving as one. I think that's, that's my dream tank. Actually working with a local tattoo artist at the moment, um, to design either a new Aquamate logo or something based around rummy nose tetra so i've Man. given him some really bad ideas so i'm keen to see what he comes up with yeah. <laughs> very good okay well that's that's all i've got um so i've pretty much got to open my shop in about two minutes time so i, I need to love you and leave you no uh, problem linda's asking much. how much salt yeah um i'll i'll send you a message in about five minutes um and right. we can go through that and see what we can do as far as salt goes and and what you've got going on there linda um uh for anyone that is obviously watching on facebook uh once i've opened the shop up in about 10 minutes time i've got uh some live well, some fish that have come in this morning that we'll do an unboxing for as well so if you want to stick around for that here nice. are some more times coming up um other than that i hope everybody has a really nice day um it's nice and early for you so i hope you enjoy the rest of your day um, yes thanks for joining us no, thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. And big thank Hank. Hello. But let's do this again soon. Lot, lot sooner than last time. Yeah, push to me, mate. No worries. Done. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good one, Tim. Thank you.